now, time for McNamara on Money, sponsored by McNamara Financial Services. Good morning and welcome to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed, a certified financial planner professional with McNamara Financial in Marshfield, Mass. This is a financial talk radio show for people who want to get all areas of their financial life in order, get their kids through college, and live comfortably in retirement. On this show, we will be talking about a wide variety of financial topics. You have to make many important decisions in your life that have to do with money, investments, insurance, mortgages, taxes, estate planning, living your life within your means, and retirement. Our goal is to help you with all of these. We also have lots of great information on our show's website, McNamaraOnMoney.com. You can download podcasts, watch videos, or browse our abundance of written articles on topics related to personal finance. And as always, to find out more about our practice, visit McNamaraFinancial.com. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Good morning, and we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Full house this morning as we talk about uh, homes in transition or transitional periods in life and uh, legal and financial and real estate issues surrounding those things. We've been talking a lot about divorce. Maybe we'll continue on that a little bit and then, and then transition, pun intended, to something else. Um, so we have, I have joining me this morning, uh, Sharon McNamara, uh, broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate. We have Melissa Wallace with Boston Connect Real Estate, um, and we're and and stick around. We have another hour of our show, but stick around because we're going to go right into talk real estate with Sharon McNamara and Melissa um, from 10 to 11 this morning. Yes. Um, and <coughs> we have uh, three attorneys in the in the studio. Good morning again, ladies. Um, Amy Hubert Masfer with uh, Sherman Law. She's a real estate attorney. Uh, we have Erin Nally, who's an estate planning attorney uh, with Starboard Legal and Allison Walsh, family law attorney, uh, Walsh Law Office. Um, so thanks again for being here. I'm just meeting these ladies for the first time, but the conversation has been great. Um, and uh, let's let's continue. So I, I did want to loop you in, Erin, um, on the estate planning side. You know, we've talked a lot about divorce and issues surrounding that. Um, so I guess my first question would be, you know, divorce is still common as, you know, is it, I don't know the statistics, mm -hmm. half, of divorce, half of marriages end in divorce or something yeah. along those lines, right? So um, when you're doing estate planning, like, you know, is for, for a newly married couple, for example, or a couple just, you know, starting their family, like, you know, is that, is that top of mind for you? Is it addressed at all? Like our prenups, well, I guess prenup would be before they got married, but like, you know, is, how does this come in? How does this factor into what you do for your clients? Yeah. So... You know, estate planning is really, um, I often tell people it's just sort of the directions of what's going to be taking place. If you can't perform whatever task you're only able to perform, right? I, I tell people all the time, it comes down to your signature. If you can't sign for something or you can't provide a photo ID for something, who's going to do it for you? If you don't assign it to someone you're going to go to probate court and mm -hmm. a judge is going to do it for you and, and sort of go through the um, their due diligence of making sure that whoever's making the request to handle whatever it is on your behalf um, is responsible enough to do so. Um, so it's sort of, um, mine is sort of the, it doesn't give a lot of instant gratification, yeah. but it's the sort of thing that if you do need it, you're going to wish you had it. Yeah. when you need it because yeah. at that point it's a little late. Oh, it's a huge pain. <laughs> if you don't have, yeah, if you haven't done estate planning and yeah. something comes up, yeah, it's, yeah. A hu it's a huge pain. I had a, I have one client who, um, 
her she was divorced they had two kids her ex-husband passed away without any estate planning documents and you know in his you know it was just a complicated situation took her five five years to settle his estate or something like that and she needed conservatorship for her young kids and Mm -hmm. um you know they weren't even married but just the complications surrounding that Mm -hmm. and the issues with the with his side of the family and Mm -hmm. where do the assets go and you know all that stuff and i mean i guess i could tell you i could tell you story after story about um about about people that haven't planned and how much work it is to you know go through the courts and how long it takes oh yeah mm-hmm. um and you know maybe the courts are sort of back up and running as normal now but the last couple of years <laughs> everything has just taken yeah. so Even long normal though it's so it's not great. long yeah, yeah that's, that's true yeah. they're always yeah that's true yeah um but how common are prenuptial agreements are they common at all you know they're i don't find them to be particularly common yeah. i love it when people have a prenuptial agreement only because it's just like <laughs> I don't know. To me, I feel like it's such a wonderful sign of respect to be able to sit down and calmly be like, hey, listen, what's yours is yours. What's mine is mine. Yeah. Let's get together. And, you know, like you're you're settled. You're coming to an agreement on something when you're calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? As Fair opposed point, yeah. to yeah. like in, in Allison's practice, the they're yeah. like coming in gangbusters. Like, right. and another yeah. thing. You know what yeah. I mean? And so that's where... You know, if you can sort of, everyone can keep their head about it and make calm decisions, then when things aren't calm, you're like, all right, well, I had my together here. Yeah. So let's follow these directions that we know that we put in place. But again, they're also something that you want to look at every three to five years at least Mm. because so many things change, whether it's your assets or your people or your values or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. maybe a divorce has taken place and now maybe your your first assignment isn't your first assignment anymore. Yeah. You know, so. It doesn't surprise me that they're not common. I mean, still people are getting married younger ages when they haven't right. accumulated assets. They're mm-hmm. not really thinking about that and no one goes into at least their first marriage thinking they're going to get divorced, right? Yeah, right? So it doesn't, right. why would we be planning for that? That's not, you know, that's not going to happen. You can understand that yeah. peace I, of mind, but I would imagine why people yeah. don't do estate planning. Uh, right. It's uh, why yeah. people it's not gonna, don't right, 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 right. They consider it like that. So my, my father who might be listening, hi dad, <laughs> He's 88. He's an attorney. Yeah. And it took me forever to get him to do his estate plan oh. because there is this sort of idea that you're bringing, because you're planning for it, now it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, hmm. we say 50%, I think it's even higher now, of marriages end a divorce. Everybody's life ends in death. But yet, yeah. you know, like, yeah. you're, you're not yeah. going to escape it. <laughs> but not you're anytime not, soon. Not but, anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. you know, again, it's about, it's about making sure... It, you know, the focus is always about: Do you want things to be in your control? Do you want yeah, your wishes yeah. to be carried out, and to have and to have that understanding? Um, I do see some prenuptial agreements. You know what? I, I see more common is cohabitation agreements. I wondered oh, about that because yeah. because yeah. many people. Well, okay, is that that's for people that are living together but aren't married? I was right. also thinking about people that aren't married that own real estate together and what sort of agreements right. should be in place for that. Right, right. Okay, so typically, so, what, so, tell so me with about the prenuptial that. agreements, a lot of times you have, you know, most people are entering their marriage typically on equal footing if they're if they're marrying young so there's not you know yeah. this tremendous assets so they kind of and i think there's still a stigma around prenuptials that like of course i love you i trust you we're in it <laughs> however together, yeah <laughs> what's exactly, mine is yours however like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you know um yeah. with a cohabitation agreement especially with the housing market where it is where we see this come in a lot is one one parent is putting up money 
for that couple to buy the property. Oh. And oh, then I the see. parent yeah, is yeah, saying, yeah. like, well, Hold you down. know, yeah. we really we really like Johnny, but yeah. like if this doesn't work out, you know, the money goes with with you. Yeah. Yep. So we, we do see that frequently and typically with the cohabitation agreement, the couples are more amendable to it because they understand that they haven't they haven't made that commitment yet. Mm-hmm. So it's less it's sort of less offensive to them. Um, they kind of realize that they're they're trying out living together and they're trying out owning things together. But, you know, again, they're typically young couples and an asset is usually coming from a third party, which makes that conversation easier to be like, I love you, it's forever, but you know, dad says you know, I would imagine many yes. prenups are driven by one family fa- force, yeah. the force of the hand of one family member exactly. or side of the family. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is yeah. Co- does the cohabitation agreement apply specifically to equity in a piece of real estate? Or is uh, it more broad than that? It, well, typically, is for it, my purposes... It can be more broad. Yeah, more broad. For my purposes, it's just around the real estate and that, and that asset. So it can be very limited. Typically, like a couple, that's their first major shared asset is, is a house. Yeah. Or, yeah, so... That's typically where I see it. Do you prepare cohabitation agreements? Like who who does that? The estate planning attorney or I, I, I or can do you them. do I'm the real, real estate, estate attorneys? I've do done them. Estate. Oh yeah. yes, I, yeah. I, I all would, you ladies can do them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I would say, um, I mean, I think they're less common now than they used to be. I went to law school in New York State, and so we um, New York State was later having. Um, gay marriage than Massachusetts was. Massachusetts was like, what, 2004, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, obviously, since 2014, it's nationwide. But um, for many states, for a long time, because they didn't have the laws that we had here, you had to just do cohabs. Oh, I see. Okay, because they couldn't... No, because there was... They couldn't marry. So you would sort of see the cohab agreement almost like the separation agreement. I see. So if if folks were together, they might have a cohab, what we call it cohab, um, like, you know, to sort of say who's going to pay the bills, who's going to get whatever. But even if they didn't have one, that was almost how you kind of divide, you know, if, if they broke up, Who's going to get the equity in the house? Who's going to? Yeah. Is there going to be a division of retirement assets? Who's paying child support if they right. adopted a child? Whatever. So I think I think they're a little bit less common now, which is a good yeah. thing, right? That you yeah. know now we can all just sort of access the same justice. Yeah. Well, and during that time too, estate planning was so like needed crucial. to be done. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. crucial. So much more important when they right. couldn't marry. You mean because exactly. they didn't have the state laws to protect exactly. each other? There wasn't yeah. That natural. Yeah. You know, this is my spouse. The the property is passing to them. My assets are passing to them. Yeah. Everything had to be documented. You know, healthcare proxies, power of attorneys. They couldn't just step in as as a spouse. So that's some in Pride Month. That's some. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we don't yeah, have to worry yeah, about that yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to worry about that. But um, as as you know. Now that they're married, they can get divorced. So yeah, <laughs> yay. 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 Sharon, yes, exactly. Sharon and Melissa, like, how often are you working with cu- uh, couples that are purchasing a home together, mm-hmm. or not being married, and maybe talk through the complications and the discussions that you have with them surrounding that, and the I don't know warnings or guidance or not warnings, but guidance <laughs> in that regard. And nothing that's wrong with that, but it's just a little different, more complicated, right? Is it pretty common for young? young couples to be looking at real estate together without being married? I feel like I see a lot when I host open houses. Um, A lot of people, and I go to a lot of the open houses that our agents do because I do all the social media for them. So I do attend a lot of open houses and I do see, because, you know, you overhear, people sort of, tend to overshare at open houses so they're walking around they feel comfortable in the house and they're like oh yeah like we you know we're this is going to be our first house together you know we're getting married like they might be engaged or like thinking about getting engaged or something like that um i i think um 
I it's hard for me because I'm also sort of out there trying to buy a house on my own, not yeah. with a partner. Um, so I feel like my mindset has sort of shifted. Um, for me, it's like I want to do this on my own. I don't. I want to. If I can't do it on my own, then I shouldn't do it. That's my mindset, <laughs> sort of. So, um, but Sharon, what? I'm trying to think of like your active clients right now that are looking and I'm I'm thinking of like do you do you or have, sellers yeah. too like is it really common for couples to not be married selling a home or is it not that common? Oh, can't hear Sharon. Can you guys? Mm, no. Oh yeah, no. I can't hear Sharon. Oh, we can't hear you. Hold on, maybe Tim needs to turn you on or something. He's yeah. running in. Tim's to the rescue. No. Oh. I mean, I, I definitely see a mix for sure. I mean, we have a lot of people who buy that first condo together, yep. South Boston. Yeah. You know, they're maximizing yep. that value and move, moving up. So I still see it. A lot of times there's a ring in between. You yeah. Know, yeah. And you're kind of dealing with it. But, yeah. you know, yeah. those engagements can last a while. Uh, so, yeah. So we try yeah. To yeah. 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 Sharon, can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. There we go. Yeah. Okay, great. So I think um, it's always a great idea until it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when we're seeing people do that, and I always say, you know, definitely, I think that's when Amy, I would say definitely 100% is educating before they make that final decision yeah. to do that, you know, as couples, because um, a lot of times if they're just dating, that breakups are easy, but then that can just end up being sort of a little bit of a mess. So, um, yeah, but we do, we do see it. And, um, I always say, you know, a great idea would be to put that like ring in a box that when she's undoing it, you know, like make right. this official. Um, so we do see that a lot. One of the other things I was thinking of as everybody was talking to though, is, you know, with a lot of times I see it with women, but it is men too. And Alyssa, we definitely saw this when we were doing financially secure women. A lot of times women are giving up their jobs and they're at home moms and they're giving up their careers and they're doing all that. So I am sort of curious how that sort of plays into things for both for all of the attorneys um, on our panel today too, is how is what is fair at that point? because now the woman is having a hard time even getting back into the, the workforce, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. After they've given up their whole career. Is that thought of in a prenup? It can be, yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, Massachusetts alimony statute actually has a, sort of a special carve out for that. Um, there's a concept called rehabilitative alimony, which basically is sort of like a, you know, six month to five okay. year um uh, opportunity for a stay-at-home mom to kind of get back on her feet. So it would almost be like a, some additional financial support from the wage-earning husband. Um, and, you know, I've seen in the past, you know, sometimes people go back and get a master's degree. They might do a career change, um, you know, get a teaching certificate, right, to have the same schedule as the kids. They're going to go teach school. Um, so it sort of gives you a little bit of time to maybe recertify yourself, get back into the career, and then ramp that up. And then the idea would be at the end of a few years, you'd be at a better earning place um yeah. and that support can be adjusted do the courts get involved at all in like um i'm not sure how to frame this question but like think of an think of an example where um i guess it'll be sexist the the the, the male member of the couple is working the female member of the couple e either is working part-time or took some time mm -hmm. off and you know e even women that um put their careers on hold you know temporary and then back to work but still maybe earnings ability takes a little while to catch up right because right. they were out of the workforce for a period of time or whatever or maybe they go back part-time so think of a situation like that and then you know and and then they divorce and i understand that alimony is you know if they can't agree on it there's mm -hmm. a calculation right it's like i don't know a third of the difference or something like that you could talk about the specifics but so <clears throat> I guess my question is 
um, if the if for example the female member of the couple is is just working part time or not or not working much at all, but ha- but but based on you know experience and and um, and education has the ability at some point to go back to work and earn X dollars based on you know her career path. But what if she doesn't want to and and she can make a life work on the alimony that she's receiving? Does the court get involved at all and will like forcing any sort of judgment or like, you know, (laughs) yeah, right? And and so because then you think of the male member of the couple and you could imagine maybe at some point, you know, especially when the kids are older, maybe frustrations in that regard, right? You know, and, right. and, 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 but she could go back to work, so I shouldn't have to pay her ex alimony and things like that. I'm just, you know, thinking of avoiding, you know, you know, stress on an already stressful situation. So do the courts get involved in any sort of judgments in that regard? They can. So yeah. there's a, there's a, nobody's going to force you to go to work, yeah. right? Like yeah. you can't force somebody to go get a job or and whatever. And it's not that easy to be like, you could earn X. I understand right. that. There's actually but yeah, yeah, yeah. vocational experts that can figure that out. Oh, so there, you can do that. Okay. There, yes, there are people that you can hire and they will tell you what you can and should make. Okay. Um, and that be, that becomes useful and sometimes we need those okay. vocational experts because the courts have a concept called imputation of income. So basically, nobody's going to force you to go get a job, but you know, if you're, and if, if you have a baby at home, it's a very, sure, if there's sure. like a two-year-old yeah. or especially like a breastfeeding child, yeah. like no one's making mom yeah, go yeah, back yeah. to work. <laughs> but yeah. if, you know, all the kids are kindergarten and above and, you know, mom has X amount of hours during the day, yeah. there becomes sort of a presumption that okay. mom should be working, you know, would mom be making the same as if she hadn't left the workforce five years ago? Of course not. Right, That's right. where you got to kind of do the math. But if mom just chooses to not, and, and again, mom, I, I'm sorry to be using genders stereotypes but it's say, a, it is more common it's you can't common. you can't argue that but yeah, if yeah. mom decides okay. that okay you know i i don't want to go back to work um, the court can factor in sort of a presumed income okay. for her so that the husband wouldn't be paying as much. But in that situation, the husband would have right. to bring her to court probably. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It, it wouldn't just... Yeah. Right, and there'd be, you know, arguments made, yeah. you know, as to, yeah. as to why or why not. Okay. A different situation would be um, if we, you know, we see marriages that, you know, break up after 30 years or something and the wife's been out of the workforce for 30 or more years. Oh, sure. That's a... Yeah. I mean, at that point, that's... You're the not, earnings ability is you're very not, different. You're not going to... Yeah. be able to go back and yeah. you know and start off and, and make that you know yeah. now that's a situation where we'd be looking more at there'd be basically a lifetime alimony order until the husband either stopped working or retired yeah. um, and you know oftentimes I see uh, clients like that that you know they'll go and get a part-time job or something to supplement but I mean they're never going to get back into their career the way that it was when yeah. they were in their 20s or whatever can, can you remind us like what um I know there are certain things like in a divorce agreement that are final and then there are certain things that aren't. Or modifiable. Right? Yeah, right. and I forget the terminology that you attorneys like to use, but... <laughs> just, we, yeah. we love legalese and Latin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, so it's, uh, so there's there's parts of the divorce uh, judgment that we, we call survive, and there's parts that merge, oh, and okay. those are sort of the two legal terms. But effectively, the survival is really just the things you can't change, right? Okay. So it just, it's going to be that way forever. It's going to survive like that forever. The things that can change, we say merge, and, and that gets a little bit dicey, but basically that means you can keep going back to court. Okay. That it becomes modified modifiable. So things that are modifiable are anything to do with your kids because we okay. can't project, you know, yeah. you get divorced when your kid is two. Who knows what's yeah. going to happen 10 years child from now? Who's, okay. who's working where? Has somebody lost their job? Or is your child going to go to college? Does a child have a special need? Like we have no okay. idea at that age, okay. right? So that you can always go back. Anything on a kid always can go back. 
things that are always survivable, meaning you can't change it, are the asset division. There's no second look at that. Okay. Unless there, I mean, if there were fraud or, you know, some sort of criminal activity, right? Okay. That, okay. But I mean, absent extraordinary, extraordinary circumstances, if you guys decide somebody's keeping the house, someone's keeping the retirement yeah. account and we're splitting the bank account, that's not going to get, okay. you don't get a second bite at the apple on that. Um, things that can uh, can survive or can change depending on so you have a choice on this is alimony sometimes people like to lock their alimony in okay um, you know especially if it's a shorter term alimony order like I was talking about you know just a few years kind of assume I'm making this I want to lock in the number that might be beneficial to them yeah um, in case they get a raise or something like that there's there's sure. benefits there's right reasons yeah um, and or you can leave it modifiable right and then it would it could fluctuate based on income etc um, health insurance for the party so health insurance for the children you can always go back because it's okay. kid related. Yeah. Um, but health insurance for the husband or wife, you can either make a decision that's final or you can leave that as an open um, open decision as well. Because again, what if you know the employer provides the health insurance and somebody loses their job? Right. That is a situation that you might need to go back um, and take a and take a look at it again. Okay. Um, so those are sort of the big the big buckets. Yeah. Is it common for couples to go back to bring each other back to court and modify those things or? Um, with I kids, with so. kids, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, with, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. With, with, if, with kids, if you get divorced and your children are young, I would say you're almost certainly going to have to go back at least once. Okay. Um, yeah. And typically, I'm you know, not to an do, attorney, Alyssa, and I could have answered that. Uh, all right. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. you know, change, you know, dealing with child because there, there's so many life changes that happen yeah. between your chi- time your child's born and the time that they're 21 or yeah. 22, right? Yeah, so it's right. like you've got to deal with, you know, if there's a, a a new job, a job loss, changing the child support temporarily you might have to deal with like I said health insurance somebody loses their job who's yeah. gonna is the other spouse gonna pick up the insurance for the kids um how are we paying for college right that's a hot topic how are you know how yeah. are we deciding which college yes, are we gonna do UMass are we gonna take out the <laughs> yeah. loans and go somewhere else um all of those all of those pieces you know yeah. can get you know decided or litigated down the line so yeah. yeah with kids I would say almost definitely less so with um you know if it's a short-term marriage and there's no kids that pretty much is a walk away. Like you typically don't go back and modify on that, okay. right? Yeah. Um, and then longer term marriages, sometimes we'll see people go back to modify alimony, but that's usually, yeah. that's typically what I guess my question was more like, you know, I guess that, you know, I'm the, like the eternal optimist. Like how often are couples just like kind of working that stuff out on their own versus mm-hmm. going back to court? People, I mean, I guess you don't really know because you might not see the couples that just kind of work it out on their own. Or, right. And yeah. people work a lot of stuff out on their own. Yeah. It's when they get stuck that they come to us. Yeah. You that know? makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes we have people come back that are like, yeah, we've had this, uh, um, you know, parenting arrangement with custody or whatever, we haven't followed it at all. I yeah. hear that. And then it's like, well, as so long we, as they're we, cooperating. Yeah, yeah we've yeah. never followed yeah, it. And now happy. they, they yeah. finally hit a bump in the road. And then, you know, somebody's yeah. like, wait, hey, that's not your day, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, we have to start back at square one. So, right. Okay. I have a question for Erin, if I can. Go ahead. Can we only in? have like a couple minutes, but maybe we could finish it after the okay, break. Okay. So yeah. yeah, we can finish it up. So I had heard <clears> of a situation where somebody, um, he owned a, a, a property before he got married and he had it in an irrevocable trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so now her name isn't on it. And after, you know, 15 years of being married, getting divorced, what happens there? There's no way she's getting any of that. I'll tell you that right now, but hold on. We'll, talk, we'll, we'll have the attorney answer that after the break. <laughs> um, we're going to take a break and then Erin can think about her response to that. Um, you're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Um, we had some great conversation this morning about uh, transitionary, I would call it transitionary periods in life. We've focused a lot um, regarding, you know, surrounding divorce, but maybe we can switch it up after the break and then we'll continue on to from 10 to 11 to talk real estate roundtable with Sharon McNamara and Melissa Wallace. 
Um, I'll just, again, give out the name of our awesome guest this morning, Amy Hubert Masper, real estate attorney with Sherman Law, Erin Nally, an estate planning attorney with Starboard Legal, and Allison Walsh, uh, Walsh Law Office, and of course, Sharon McNamara and Melissa Wallace with Boston Connect Real Estate. Um, we're just taking a quick break and we'll be right back. Market turbulence can cause panic, and you might be wondering if your investments are allocated properly. I'm Kirk Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Let me help you understand your investment strategy and ensure that it is suitable for you. Then you can turn off the financial news and move on with your life. You own a business or you're running a nonprofit or a municipality and you just might be overwhelmed with all the changes in state health care law, federal mandates, rules governing, retirements, employee benefits. For instance, do your employees understand the value and the costs? of their current benefits. (laughs) By the way, what about tomorrow's changes in state and federal policy? Keeping up is a full-time job and you have better things to do. Lockton Companies of Boston are benefits experts. To be somewhat formal, Lockton Companies offers strategic consulting that assists employers in providing wellness and health promotion programs and offers advisory services to provide insights understanding, and answers. Let Lockton handle the headaches. Visit the web at Lockton.com. Leave the aspirin on the shelf. Lockton.com. This is Alyssa McNamara-Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. When I hosted the most recent Smart With Money Fair for the Marshfield High School seniors, we went through an exercise comparing investing an amount of money over 40 years versus investing that same total amount of money over 20 years. The end result for the person who saved longer was more than twice the amount of the other person's. This is a hypothetical exercise, of course, but the point remains, save early and save often. If I can help you save early and often, visit our website at McNamaraFinancial.com. Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak to on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. We just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer the caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed and past performance does not guarantee future results. And we're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. Um, full house this morning with uh, Sharon McNamara. Oh, wait, wait, is she back? There she's back. Good morning, Sharon. Uh, with Boston Connect Real Estate and Melissa Wallace with Boston Connect Real Estate. Um, We also have, I'm going to have you guys give out your contact information because we're going to probably run out of time before the end of the show because we'll have just such vigorous uh, conversation and entertaining conversation. Um, But you guys have been awesome and this has been great. We still have another half hour on my show anyway and then we'll continue on to talk real estate um, after that. But um, so Amy Hubert Masfer, who's a real estate attorney uh, with Sherman Law. So again, your offices are in Hingham and Plymouth, you said? Okay. And do you want to give out your contact information, please? for our listeners? Sure. Um, You can reach me at 617-504-9151. That's my direct uh, number. And my email is ahm for Amy Hubert Masferer at uh, timshermanlaw.com. 
And the website is timshermanlaw.com? It is, yep. Okay. Uh, and then we have Erin Nally, who's an estate planning attorney, Starboard Legal in Norwell, your office is right. And would yep. you want to give out your contact info, please? Yep, sure. My email is erin at starboardlegal.com. And my number is 781-733-3855. And the website is starboardlegal.com. Starboard so you said starboard. I, I feel like I keep saying it starboard. It's kind of like tomato, starboard. tomato. Starboard. All right, you know? all right, all right. <laughs> starboard. Potato, potato. Uh, and then we have Alan, uh, sorry, Allison Walsh, yes. uh, who's a family law attorney with Walsh Law Office offices in Hingham as well, yes. right? Yep, and we're right across from Derby Street Shops. Oh, fancy. So you okay. can shop and dine <laughs> <laughs> and visit me. Can they afford to do that while divorcing? <laughs> I find that it's actually very therapeutic to have yes. shopping and dining nearby. You know, meet, meet your friends after know. work, yeah. you know. It's yeah. very therapeutic, after yes. And do you want to give out your contact info? Uh, sure. It's uh, our phone number is 781-288-5400. Um, mm-hmm. And our website is um, Allison Walsh dot uh, ellisonwalshlaw.com uh, two L's one I my email is A-L-L-I-S-O-N at ellisonwalshlaw.com awesome thank you alright so before the break um, we had a question for you Aaron from Sharon regarding uh, f- a 15-ish year marriage home was an irrevocable and trust the, and yeah one the name. irrevocable trust piece right yeah. so Mm-hmm. In true attorney fashion, it depends. <laughs> but really, when it comes to irrevocable trusts, whoever is um, the trust is irrevocable. Yeah, it can't it's be not, changed. It's not, you can't and break it. Yeah. The yeah. owner of you know the the person that or the individuals that receive the benefit are whoever the beneficiaries are, yeah. and they're the ones that have true ownership. the The trustee would help manage, um, and then whoever is creating the trust, maybe they're funding it. Maybe they're the one adding the asset. Yep. But once they add the asset, so if I create an irrevocable trust for your benefit, I whatever I, if I put my house in there, yep. it's now yours. It's done. Yep. I, I can't, you are the one that control it. I'm, I'm giving it away. Yeah. Um, so that's the, the thing with irrevocable trust that I cannot emphasize enough is that it's a big decision. It doesn't, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're giving it away. Mm-hmm. It's it's not yours anymore. Yeah, and you can say, oh well, I'm giving it to the kids, and they know this, and they know that. But <laughs> when it comes down to right, is that when everything's calm, we make these great decisions. But yeah. then when something hits the fan, and then we're like, okay, now what? <laughs> and yeah. who's in charge? And who has the authority? Yeah. And are they going to? what are they gonna do you know yeah. what i mean like because that's so it's so to um was it sharon's question yeah sharon yeah. um yeah. to so to sharon's question it's sort of it it might not be hers she might not have any any right to that asset at all because it okay. belongs yeah. to whoever those beneficiaries are it might e- not even be her husband right yeah. do you know what i mean yeah. right. so so right. that and, and that would be out of his estate, right? Because something that goes into the irrevocable trust would be out of his estate. I maybe. Mean, may, okay, maybe. maybe. And yeah. Okay, so she's yeah. probably not getting any of that asset. So, but so like, the husband's yeah. putting the, the house or whatever, the asset into an irrevocable trust for someone other than the wife. Yeah. If that's what happens. It yeah. sounds like he did it before and they it, got married, so I would guess. Yeah. 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 Okay, mm-hmm. so if it, yeah. Like so. his mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then, right. so are you saying his, so... If he created an irrevocable trust for the benefit of his mother, mm-hmm. then she would she, technically be yeah, the one that has the... Right. Okay. Then the divorcing the spouse wouldn't be right. eligible for any... Right, yeah. right. because of basically... Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's tricky. So we were talking off... Yeah. Uh, off uh, when we were off air about like sort of the estate planning issues surrounding divorce mm-hmm. and one of the questions that came up Amy I think it was your question is like uh, so so um, 
think about a couple that has kids and, and they divorce and maybe they had done estate planning while uh, they were married. And then I would imagine, or at least it's recommended that the estate plan should be updated post-divorce, right? Mm -hmm. How quickly and how often that happens, who knows? But mm -hmm. hopefully it, it happens and, and estate planning documents are redone because things w at that point would change, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think your question was, Amy, is like, well, what right. happens if like there's conflicting right. um, wishes regarding in particular guardianship of children? And maybe, right. and maybe we can talk through some other things too, but... Um, so I guess how often do you often work with couples that uh, redo estate planning documents post-divorce or maybe you're working with one member of the couple maybe you don't even know what's in the other member of the right. couple's I documents mean, do you, like do you really have yeah. a right to even know that yeah that yeah yeah ask during the right. divorce yeah. yeah often it's that sort of conversation with the the person right yeah. where are they it's I try to meet people where they are as opposed to saying all right, like, these are all the things you got to do, right? Because number one, like we were saying, it comes down to what that person wants ultimately for whatever it is that they're trying to, whatever it is that they're responsible for. Yeah. Um, Post-divorce, post a lot of times if estate planning has already been done, their first person is their spouse. And they probably don't want their first right. person to be that that person anymore. Right. Some documents, like I'll I'll have language in my documents that says, if something does happen, we're just going to pretend like that first person just doesn't exist anymore. So like if you get divorced, uh -oh. we'll just, if there's a divorce judgment, we're, they're just not going to be in that first position so anymore. So that's already and embedded. Like self-executing Exactly. Yeah. So then that way, like, God forbid something happens as you're walking out of the courthouse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you didn't still, read your documents yet. Yeah, yeah because yeah. that's the the thing too about about estate planning documents is that you might not die, right? Mm -hmm. So if you just lose your capacity, mm -hmm. you're still in charge and responsible for all these things that you're in charge and responsible for. So mm -hmm. who's gonna step into your shoes to maintain those responsibilities, whether it be for a temporary period of time because you are heading off to Fiji or because, right. you know, you're in the hospital and something happened. Do you know? So, like, yeah. um, I think especially in divorce, too, like Amy was saying, how there's not sort of that presumed person, right? Yeah. Like, who is going to be that, that other individual to, right. to step in? Okay. And is there any obligation to have transparency between the spouses in that post-divorce? I don't think there is, no. right? There is no. Yeah. No. You can't no. Because now you you're, you're, you're independent people, right? right? It's, um, I think, what the, is in the language, like, it's exi as, as if no marriage ever existed, I exactly. think, is, yeah, like, the court language. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's, it's quite It's poetic. so unromantic. It's the opposite of your wedding. So my only choice is to haunt from the grave. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> that I'm works. Not above it. I'm not <laughs> but we were talking about like the so, but the, like the guardianship question like if right. the husband named one person as legal guardian for the kids and the wife named another person as legal guardian for the kids right. in order for that to for them for that to even come about where there would be a disagreement they were there would have to be like a simultaneous death and what right. are the chances that a divorced couple is gonna like yeah die in a plane crash together listen right that, well that's like I mean, that's right? like the royal family right? <laughs> right like they don't want will and kate like flying together right. because yeah so okay. It's, yeah okay. so basically don't travel with your ex right. i would say yeah. I think that's the best right. it, would, it would like we almost never anyway. yeah. right. Right. come right. into play right. you yeah know, i think that's one of the hardest things as a, as a divorced person is that like you lose that control like sure. obviously you know, you're deceased, but <laughs> you are thinking about, you know, your children and who, who would raise them in the event that you were 
deceased. Well, some also, people want control beyond the grave, which is why you attorneys yes. draft trusts yes. and things like yes. that. Yes, I did yeah. want control beyond yeah. the grave, so is that there, was probably uh, aggravating in my marriage, I'm going to guess. I don't know to his credit. It, um, we were talking a little bit earlier about, what, or maybe we were talking about it off air. Like, is there any, uh, you know, think about a couple that was, um, you know, married for 15 or 20 years or, or whatever it is, and, and they're dividing their assets. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, thinking ahead, not uncommon for one or both of them to get remarried, mm -hmm. right? Is there any, like, during the divorce process, is there any sort of discussion or agreement about if you are to remarry, XYZ assets that we accumulated in our lifetime should go to our children, not the spouse, or, or some percent of that? Is that a normal discussion, or is that, like, completely off the table, or what are... That actually comes up a Does lot. Does it come with up a me, lot? Okay, um, yeah, with that's... with my planning because okay. we'll say, especially like when blended families will come in, or you know, couples that are in their second marriage, and maybe there's kids from both marriage. Do you know what I mean? Like, we'll have that conversation. Well, if something happens to one of you, are is, is the other kids, or, or are their kids going to have to wait for the second spouse, right, to pass before right. they? Or, you know what I mean? Or or maybe, and that's sort of. And then they answer that question. Well, geez, I don't want that to happen. Do you right. know what I mean? And so they'll say, maybe they'll put in a provision there that says, if I pass, my kids get X dollar amount yeah. as a specific distribution. And then upon passing of the of my new spouse, then it's divided however it is. You know, yeah. like they get sort of the rest. Mm -hmm. um, but it it it's a huge conversation because that's... You don't want, like... Spouses would have to agree on it, though. Otherwise, there's no enforceability, right? If one spouse were to get remarried, even if you had a verbal agreement, like, mm -hmm. well, yeah, right. these assets yeah. should go to the kids. It, but exactly. If there's no planning and there, there's no agreement, right, or no probably prenup before a second marriage, then mm -hmm. it's off the table, right? And right, no, yeah. yeah. I, I run into it yeah. more on the prenup side. So yeah. if there's a second or third or sometimes fourth marriage usually not fourth yeah. um that <laughs> right so enough. sometimes yeah. we'll see you know as people especially get older too they start to think about that and yeah. they think okay well i have this house but i want to make sure that my kids get yeah. out of it or that yeah. you know whatever so i think i see it more along those lines younger folks that get prenups a lot of times it's family driven it's yeah. usually mm -hmm. the parents that want them to get it yeah um, and it's you know when people are on a um, second or third marriage it's usually them that's driving it mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes for that reason yeah go ahead melissa you, have <laughs> you can hear me getting back to the guardianship i'm just surprised that like when a divorce couple is sort of deciding guardianship they can choose different people like right. if, because what happens like if they do both die mm -hmm. right like where did like now you have two agreements of two different people like i'm just surprised right. like when it comes I think to it's children the odds, the odds of them yeah. dying simultaneously yeah. are so small so basically so, like okay so then one yeah. of one of them what if um the person you know they the divorced one has like full custody but so if the, the other parent one doesn't have full custody they can't like Custody, guardianship so if, or so say that I'm say I have full custody of my kids post divorce mm -hmm. and my husband only had visitation or whatever mm -hmm. right hypothetically um, if I were to die first it doesn't matter that he only has every other weekend he now has those kids 100% of the time he's the biological father yeah biological parents actually have constitutional rights to their children so yeah. it doesn't matter what yeah. the custodial parent wants constitutionally if you yeah. die d d unless I mean then you get into if you know if dad was completely unfit right yeah. like you yeah, know, that would yeah. be a different situation. But assuming yeah. that he's like a decent dad, there's no no one's looking at who you wanted to take over. Yeah, because yeah. you don't you never get to that. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like this would be more of an issue with 
a married couple who who named a married couple could still yeah. name different guardians for the kids in their wills. I'm sure you wouldn't recommend oh. it, but theoretically it could happen they if could. they had attorneys draft wills separately. I actually yeah. had this issue come up with a with a married couple and they couldn't agree on guardianship of kids. Mm. And it was kind of like, well, what happens? <laughs> no. I don't know, <laughs> because that's they're don't more die. like they're more likely to die together in a car accident or or whatever. Yeah. Right. So that would be that would be more of an issue. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I guess the courts would decide. I don't know. Yeah, what, I think what, you'd have competing. Yeah. I mean, well, if all the documents yeah. were done correctly, you'd have equally valid appointments right. of guardian, right. and then you'd have they, those folks would get a presumption in court but I guess I mean say you have a teenage child and the teenage child doesn't like either of the people they can actually nominate someone totally separately and that jumps uh, the line right Aaron yep. I think yeah. yeah a teenager of what age uh, 14, is it 18 14 oh, and above four, 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 yeah eight, well 18 there wouldn't be the 18 year old 18 there would wait 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 yeah. okay so at 14 they can so, do they so yeah you could have an 8th or a ninth grader that could say you know what you nominated auntie so and so and you nominated uncle so and so and I don't like either of them and I like what you know auntie whoever Right. And that would jump the line in the court. The, oh, the child's preference at that age would take over. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. I guess like, that's kind of nice to know, actually. Yeah. I mean, I mean it seems like there should be some... some yeah. 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 What, what's comfortable for them in an awful, awful situation. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Now, this might be a question for Aaron. Do you have an obligation to notify a guardian that you're appointing them as the yeah. guardian? Oh, that's a good idea. Because I'm, I'm thinking... No, there's no obligation. So. They could find the out. Baby <laughs> they could yeah. find yeah. out when they're getting dropped Hello. off. It's, usually, it's good practice. It is but good practice. That's like right out of a movie. Yeah, like Baby Boom, is. right? Which it is, is like my favorite boom. movie One of my from favorite. the 80s. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, yeah. this person has passed away. And now you are... Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 That was like that Big Daddy with Adam Sandler, the little kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah. it would seem like that would be, you know, kind of a good... I mean, I guess it can always, because circumstances change, but, like, there is no legal... There's no court saying, like, you've, you know... Like, I'm, like, godmother to, like, 75 children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, there was no... It's hard right. to say Which no. doesn't mean anything legally, yeah, it doesn't right? mean anything it's legally, like but, like, school. I god yeah. only knows how many children I might be inheriting. <laughs> you know? It's, it's something I'm concerned about. I was asked to be a godmother <laughs> at a Texas roadhouse in New York a couple of months ago. Uh, <laughs> like, no joke. Yes, yeah, <laughs> what a story. Like, I'm so flattered. <laughs> I don't live around here, though. And right. I'm, like, I just right. kind of, like... Yeah. Like, I'll take a little bit <laughs> I like the corn there. Yeah, exactly. It's delicious. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I, so I have a question for, sorry. I yeah, no, that's all right. We only have 10 or 12 minutes. I was thinking we're not going to move on from divorce. We're going to have yes. to do a whole other show for Well, transitions. I'm actually moving on from, from divorce. Okay, fine. Because yes. I can't relate. I'm trying to, I, I am not I'm trying divorced. to move on from divorce. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Love looking you so forward much. To death. Looking so, forward to death. <laughs> My next transition. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe that'll be the next uh, show. Looking right. forward to yeah. death. Yeah, exactly. How to put a smile. <laughs> How to put a smile on death. Yes, oh, right. Bring uh, me back for that one, please. I have to say, Erin could do it. Erin could do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have a question for you. So somebody who comes into you, they want to do estate planning because they own property, they own assets. They're not married. They don't have children. Mm -hmm. So where do you sort of... Uh, navigate like who this person is going to leave their things to. So say say so like I'm 32. I don't have any children. I'm not married. But you know, if I bought a house, I would want to do some sort of um, you know planning if I was to die the day after closing. You yeah. know. Yeah. So where where's sort of your uh, professional sort of navigation through that if they don't really have many people in their lives? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I that's what charities are for. 
That's a good, yes, that's a very good point. I I try not to do much navigating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, personal preference. And more yeah. talk out loud. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, a, a lot of it really comes down to just sort of having that conversation about, well, what if this happened? Because that's yeah, a, yeah. a lot of what it is. Oh, I, I tell people all the time, it's life's what ifs is what I'm planning for. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. we don't know them. We just don't. Like, ideally, they don't come up, right? Mm-hmm. What if divorce happens mm-hmm. what if bankruptcy happens yeah. what if I die what mm-hmm. if I don't die yeah. you know I mean these are the things that like no one wants to think of, about yeah. it do you know but at the same time it's a it's reality yeah. right and so like I said earlier it's a it's a gift to the others right and not so much for you because you're you're handing them a set of directions when mm-hmm. everyone's kind of yeah. like yeah. freaking out over the situation yeah, do right. you know what I mean so like so it's sort of Going back to your question, it's to say, like, well, let's have that conversation. What is important to you? We'll talk about values. Where do you see things going? What happens if something happened last week? You know, and then that and then those conversations then help elicit what would be best for you. You know, and then in three years, we have the same conversation. Be like, so things changed. Where is this? Where's that? (laughs) Tell me how it's going. Yeah. You know, and then we figure out whether what we did still fits. And if it still fits, you're psyched. Mm -hmm. In my experience, single, no kids, the the estate planning tends to take a backseat because there's no depend no financial dependence Mm -hmm. to really plan for and it's kinda like, well it's not my problem. I'm not here, right? If I die in my you know Mm -hmm. Um, denial. Yeah. (laughs) I I guess I don't know. I'm not an attorney, but I would somewhat agree it's like low on the list of of things, you know, priorities in your life. Single, no Mm -hmm. kids, you know, estate planning is um, I guess depending on level of assets and your wishes, right? If someone had very specific wishes then obviously some estate planning Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, but Massachusetts, like in in absence of planning, Massachusetts intestate law would Melissa's, for example, assets would go what to her parents, her parents first, first, and then if they weren't living to your siblings. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then after that, I have no idea where do they go after that. Right. Oh, oh yeah, there's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, 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 oh aunts and uncles nice. and all, like, nieces chart. and nephews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It goes up yeah. to parents yeah. first, right? Yeah. And then yeah. it goes, yeah. and then it goes across. But you know, I I have to say, almost estate planning for single not married no kids can sometimes even be more important because because of if something happens do you know what I mean like who is that person gonna be do you know like even and you know going back to the kids turning into adults at 18 I have a set of clients actually that came in because their son's teammates parents weren't contacted after something happened to him. And oh. he just assumed that they would be because, yeah. you know, he's 18. Oh, they're always right, called. Right, right, do you right. know what I mean? And then when like you're 18, three you're days adult, later, yeah. they were like, oh my gosh, well, we had no idea. And he just assumed they would have been called. But yeah. like, right, right. without documentation, they're not going to call him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, no one, who's going to get notified? How, how right. are people going to yeah. start? This is where like unclaimed property, that's probably right. like, right. Oh, this is like a lot of where this unclaimed property yeah. comes from. Probably situations like right. that where there's no one aware yeah. of what were the at, right? There's no spouse. There's yeah. no one like yep. aware of, well, what? I'd hate to pick on you, but you brought yourself yeah. up. Like, yeah. where is Melissa's yeah. assets? Yeah, like, exactly. what does she have yes. for accounts? Yeah, but even and with no physical mail, right? Every like paperless statement yeah. delivery yeah. these days. Like, there's not, not even anything coming yes. in the mail to yeah. to right. bring you know I mean, bring those that are the about. Conversations yeah. we definitely have. I mean, I yeah. with my own family being like, what are your assets? What are you right. know? It's a, yeah. yeah. But I do think you know it's like as hard as it is and speaking with my own parents it's the most kind of loving thing you can do for the people who are left behind because you're grieving you only want to honor what they 
wants and you're yeah. trying to walk through the next day. So, you know, as hard as it is for people to have those conversations, you're doing it for people that you love. Right. Yeah, and of course. I think people get very stuck on the point that like, you know, this is about them and it really isn't. It's, yeah. about, the, it's about the other people. Yeah. But Aaron, we should talk a little bit about maybe the next segment too, like college planning, people, healthcare oh, proxies, yeah. all those yeah. things. Cause mm-hmm. you do not get, I was just going to mention not, that. Yeah. You do not get, notified. I was just going to mention that. Yeah. And That's crazy. That don't, don't think yeah. about that. Right. Don't think about that. You think, well, I'm paying the tuition. Certainly. You seem to know where I live. I'm paying the health insurance. (laughs) You don't necessarily get the grades unless the child signs over authorization. Very true. Very true. Yes, yes, as I learned. It should totally be tuition based who gets the grades. (laughs) 100%. If I'm paying half the tuition, I should at least see half of those grades. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, things to think about. But yeah, we, I mean, we only have a few minutes before we'll break, but then continue on um, yeah. to talk real estate with Sharon McNamara and mm-hmm. Melissa Wallace. Is that the, is it Talk Real Estate Roundtable? Is that yes. the, uh, Talk Real Estate Roundtable. And do you guys still podcast that? Yeah, we do. Uh, okay. Yeah, talkrealestateroundtable.com. You can go to your podcast app. I'm plugging yes. our show on there. I know, it's fine, that's fine. Nice. Um, I don't know, any other like, well, my show is technically wrapping up, but I'll stick around and we'll continue. In any, any like, I don't know, any closing comments, any like, we talked a lot about divorce and division mm-hmm. of assets and things to be aware of. Does anyone have any like, I don't know, advice or closing comments for our listeners in terms of do's and don'ts or things that work well, things that don't, I don't know. Right, right. Um, That's right. I I guess I I know what I had mentioned on one of the breaks to Alyssa. I think one of the things that people need to be mindful of when they're getting divorced is at the end of the day, it's really like a business transaction. Oh, yeah, And the problem problem with a divorce is that it's so hard to do business with your family, right? People always say, don't go into business with your family and your friends. Especially when emotions are at the highest. And your emotions are at the highest. So it's, you know, it's a lot easier to sort of be a little bit dispassionate about, you know, breaking up a business or, okay, I'm going to have to take a small business loan and buy out my business partner and people can do that all day long and make the right decision for their business and effectively what you're doing is you're dealing with assets right so it's sort of the same idea but it's so much harder to do when you've got your kids involved when you've got someone who you love or loved or you know love is obviously a spectrum um (laughs) so it's it's harder to make those decisions and then sometimes because things are clouded people make bad decisions so Mm -hmm. um the more um and that's that's really where the professionals come in right you need folks that can take that 10,000 foot view and yeah. say okay can you know, be dispassionate is, right can it. be dispassionate about it because it's hard to do that in your own life yeah. does, does time you know a divorce takes a long time like you know and time heals certain wounds right so like I, I almost feel like in the financial world anyway like making big financial decisions especially like post death of a spouse like it's always you know the advice is generally don't worry about it like give yourself time you'll make a more clear decision like it does that ring true at all through divorce or do people just kind of like want to get done with it and move on with their life and they can't move on until or I I think the longer I mean divorces divorces can be done very quickly or sometimes they take years Um, I think the longer the longer the divorce goes on, a lot of times people do sort of adjust their feelings, right? Like they kind of come to the realization that this is this is over and now we're, yeah. you know, living our separate lives. And so sometimes, yeah, I think it is a little bit easier. Yeah. I always feel like as hard as it is the day you get divorced, I always feel like folks, if you catch up with them a year or two later, they're usually in a better place. Yeah. Um, so it can, it's it's a dark time, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's a tough time, but I feel like people do usually come out better on the other side. Um, and so that's, I guess, you know, a, a gleam of hope. Yeah, in what even we if do. like small things can be done at the, you know, like like custody of the children and things like that, yeah. those obviously need to be done at the very beginning. And even if there are small steps people can take, you know, and agree right. on at the beginning and then maybe over time as emotions calm down and people start to emotionally 
finally move on and things like that, I would imagine it would be easier. Right, and, yeah. and a lot of times, you know, as yeah. time goes on, people do start to move on with their own lives. Maybe they meet somebody, they can start to see a future, yeah. right? It doesn't yeah. seem so it's not dark. As dark. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you were saying, you know, in, in divorce agreements, certain things are permanent. I forget the words you use. Certain things are permanent and certain things are not. And if right. you're making permanent decisions right M might be better to do that with a clear mind and not right, right. maybe really not the you know the yeah, day after good, you found out that point. your spouse was cheating or right. something like that yeah, yeah. probably yes. not the time to make a big financial yes. decision like sharon yeah. was mentioning yes. selling a piece of real estate like the right. day after someone yeah. you know found out about an affair might might, might want to take a breath the best. yeah right <laughs> time to do that and but, that's why you want to yeah. rely on those professionals because they also yeah. create that yeah. buffer and kind of can mm -hmm. put the starts and stops on you know when it's appropriate and you know i guess my only advice is like the only way to get through it is to walk through it and just yeah. you know try to find someone who's who's uh, maybe knows the path you know I guess yeah. that would be my my summary a little bit yeah yeah all right well I'm gonna give out you guys have been awesome I'm gonna give out your contact info one more time thank you for your time this morning and your expertise I thought the conversation was great and yeah. we'll certainly have to schedule another show where we we uh, talk about other transitional mm -hmm. uh, periods in life or transitional events in life um, death of a spouse for example or death of a parent or you know mm -hmm. maybe marriage let's 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 stop talking about death and divorce yeah. we could oh, also yes. <laughs> right. marriage and uh, new There's children and starting life. a family second marriages second marriages we know we could talk about that but we'd love to have you ladies back so, so. we're not really going anywhere but no. my show is <laughs> wrapping up and we'll we'll stick around for the next hour on talk real estate roundtable but um i just wanted to thank you guys and give out your contact information one more time in case our listeners um want to contact you directly. So again, we had Amy Hubert Masfer, uh, who is our real estate attorney, Sherman Law, timshermanlaw.com. Correct. Correct. Yep. Thank mm -hmm. you. Um, and Allison Walsh, uh, family law attorney, walshlawoffice.com. Allison Walsh. Sorry. Law. Oh, <laughs> darn. Allison with two L's. AllisonWalshLaw.com. Thank you. Um, and then Erin Nally, uh, estate planning attorney, StarboardLegal.com. Great. Thank you so much, ladies. Um, you're listening to McNamara on Money. I'm Alyssa McNamara-Reed. You can find out more about me at McNamaraFinancial.com or McNamaraOfTheMerrimack.com if you're listening in the Merrimack Valley. Um, we also have our podcast, McNamara on Money, on your podcast podcatcher is that the tech is that the right term you're younger than me is that the right term isn't that isn't that like a pot a podcast i've never heard myself all right that's not a thing sounds great just though. kidding that's not a thing forget i said that uh have a good <laughs> podcatcher all right have a good morning everyone thanks for listening bye-bye <laughs>